Hey, welcome to the Joyful Rebels podcast. We've got Claire and Donna here. And this week's episode, we're calling How We Think About Active Listening. Mm. So if you got a chance to tune in last week, you heard that we've switched up formats a little bit. So far, we're getting really great feedback, which is awesome. We appreciate it. It lets us know we're going in the right direction. But if you've tuned in before, you know, we usually start with a reflection on the past week's topic. And now we're splitting it up. So last week, we had a reflection on procrastination. This week, we're going to jump right in to talking about active listening. So buckle up. We're starting. (laughs) (laughs) So active listening, what is it? Well, it's listening to actually comprehend and remember what the other person is saying. It's being engaged, giving that person our full attention. It's different than what we call critical listening, which is where we're listening in order to respond or apply. So an active listening, really, it's for us to understand. Um, It's empowering because then we can offer our support and empathy because we actually hear what the other person is saying. It goes beyond just hearing their words, though. So you've heard me say it a few times already. It's about understanding the meaning and the intent of what the other person is saying. You're asking questions. You're an active participant in the conversation. Hence why we call it active listening. Hmm. And active listening is important for a lot of reasons. It helps build trust and respect between people. I know that I like it when I'm aware that the person I'm talking to is actually listening to me, right? Instead of being distracted or thinking about what they're going to say. It can also help to reduce misunderstandings, right? Sometimes we go into a conversation and there's a lot of assumptions going on that can lead to more conflict. But if we're actually truly trying to understand what the other person is saying, we can reduce that conflict and misunderstanding. So active listening, a really important skill. I'm going to say, honestly, for me, something that I actively have to work on. It can feel clunky to me to be in a conversation, and have my focus be truly on what the other person is saying. And mom, I know when we speak, it seems to come a lot more naturally to you. I look up to how you have conversations um, with me, with other people, and it really does seem to flow a bit more naturally. Would you say that it feels easy to you? Uh, I think it's getting easier for me, and I uh, appreciate your uh, awareness on that. It's it's not conscious for me anymore. So I'm not, I don't have it where I'm like, oh, I'm doing so much better. Uh, but, but I, I love the progression of this and you really beautifully stated, you know, why it's important to help us learn and grow here, uh, because there's a lot of misunderstanding in the world. We live in a world where it's really easy to misinterpret somebody. It can be, and we're also living in a land of distraction. So you put those two together and the, the odds that we can communicate clearly and, and be understood, seen and heard like seen and heard or think are a bigger deal than they've always been a big deal. But I wonder if that's even heightened now, especially after the last few years and what everybody's gone through. Mm -hmm. So it's been a process of trying to listen. And I guess part of knowing myself and and all of these topics that we talk about and the, the ways that we try to apply it and the ahas that we have all go toward knowing ourselves better. When I know myself better, I get a better grounding on how to behave. And one of my core values is I want to reduce the amount of times that I'm misunderstood. I don't want to eliminate it. That's not realistic. I want to reduce it. 
And so I find if I'm listening to respond, it just got me into all sorts of trouble. So <laughs> it did. And I can think clearly about the times that it, it would happen. And we'll get into some of that in a bit. But uh, this is one of the beautiful things about getting older. I am not going to lie. Sometimes people think as you're getting older, you're getting wiser. Maybe, maybe not. But I think that there's some, you just accrue a bunch more data points to go, oh, I saw that one over an expanded time frame, And I could see when I do this, the outcome is generally not so good. So when you can look back and see some patterns and look in the rear view mirror, I, I do think I've done that in this space, you know, still a work in progress like you too, Claire, like this is always going to be something that is important. Like it continues to fuel wanting to be, you know, less misunderstood, but also with the desire to want to connect with people more. So it really is important. I feel a little bit more comfortable with the skill set, but always still working on it, whether I'm consciously making a lot of decisions or just uh, sporadically. It's still in my world and it's still dynamic and moving. So uh, I'm glad you see some growth in there. I know it feels better to me. So that's the bottom line. Bottom line is I feel that I have been able to sidestep, not engage, um, find more resolution quicker with with some conversations uh, because I've just listened and didn't just try to rush in to either fix or provide perspective. Like I just didn't. And so I have found the benefit of what it looks like with that. And so I'll just keep playing in that space because I think we're onto something. That makes I sense. Like that. Yeah. I like that. You get some of that feedback that, oh, this is actually making things a bit easier building better connections. And once you get that feedback, it's like, okay, yeah, it's giving me motivation to keep trying. Uh, Because when we say active listening, that's implying that you are taking some type of action, right? So now we're actually going to jump into a few techniques that you can use, maybe ones that you should avoid and what you can try instead. So we'll try it like that. So for the first one that we've got, active listening. Something to avoid might be if you're really distracted, avoid distractions, checking your phone, multitasking. And instead, the technique that we should try is being present, being fully present. So you're in this conversation and that really allows you to concentrate on what's being said. And it's not just your ears that you're using here. You can actually use your other senses too, right? We talked about people being seen and heard. So we're hearing them with their ears, but we're also using our eyes so we can pay attention to what they're saying, but also things like their nonverbal cues. And there's a stat out there that as much as 65% of a person's communication is unspoken. Mm. So paying attention to what they're saying, but also their body language. Notice the speed that someone's talking. That can tell you a bit about their emotional state. Um, And paying attention to their body language, but also your body language. And this is, Mm -hmm. I think, an interesting one because uh, sometimes when we're listening and maybe we're not paying attention, maybe you have something like your arms are crossed and, you know, whether it's intentional or not, that can come across as, you know, being more aggressive or maybe you're looking away quite a bit. Facial expressions are important. So you've got, you've got expressions. So maybe if you ever heard you have the, um, RBF, you know what that means and I'm not going to say it, but even being aware of like, what face am I making right now? And I know that when I'm talking to my kids and sometimes I'm not giving them my full attention, it's a, they can tell by the look on my face. Like I'm just not intently listening to them. And there's actually some data to show up, um, how the importance of eye contact 
And I know that if you're face to face with someone, and this is from personal experience, like keeping and holding eye contact can at times feel weird, maybe, you know, there's Mm -hmm. some vulnerability there. But uh, one tip is to follow what we call the 50-70 rule. And that's, hey, maintain eye contact for 50 to 70% of the time. Hold that contact for maybe four to five seconds, and then you can look away. So you're not having to go in and be deeply locked into someone's eyes and staring at them the whole time that they're talking. But if you notice that you're someone that avoids that type of eye contact, then maybe even having these numbers in your head, okay, I am going to try to maintain some eye contact for a while because I want that person to feel heard as I'm speaking to them. Mm. So what do we think about that, Bob? Yeah, I love knowing that there was uh, data around it for a time frame because <laughs> all you've had to do is have somebody stare at you too long. You're like, oh, super creepy. That's super creepy. That's not staring because when we're looking into each other's eyes, uh, I've heard it said where that's like the window to your soul. It's it's very vulnerable. It's very, uh, very exposed. So we hold that kindly and also with intention and with measure. So knowing that it's not like full on stare for a roughly four or five seconds, it's enough to be like, I am looking at you, but I'm not like drilling my eyeballs through because that would be weird. That would be super weird. So uh, that's something even working on uh, teaching classes and making contact with people. Uh, it's not just you're looking over their head, you're looking right at them. It, it personalizes everything. Mm. Personalizing because it means that you're locked and loaded on one person. So I appreciate that. That's one of my biggest takeaways was that 50, 70, 50 to 70 percent rule of of watching, you know, looking at people and then looking away and for how long. So please note that if that is something that you're working on. Well, then that moves us to the second one. So not only are you going to, you know, look at your uh, avoiding distractions, um, but you're also looking at um, how we're speaking to people uh, in the Open-ended questions. I mean, that's the overall broad umbrella. Open-ended questions. I mean, and I know if I'm talking um, and and asking yes/no questions, I'm going to get a yes/no answer. And if I get a yes/no answer, that's kind of the end of it. <laughs> and it's funny because uh, probably about three, four years ago, I did a seminar on this called "Just Tell Me More," and and that's been the basis for how I can answer this question. Again, work in progress here is that you know really you know words matter really try to avoid the uh, shoulds, you know, like you should, or this, this, you know, any kind of negative um, rule following language, uh, you know, we're trying to essentially just give somebody some space to to talk because it, it really is a twofold benefit on that. So if I'm asking questions and wanting to get more information, what that does is it gives me t- more time to learn what they're about, because I don't really have a handle on what they're saying. So I'm not really comprehending. So I'm not really dialed into what they're saying. So sometimes I need to hear more to understand better, not so much to make a reply, but just to get where they're at as a baseline. So that that's a big deal for me is to understand. Sometimes I need more words. And I say that cautiously because I don't need too many words, but I might need a little bit more texture on what the subject is so that I don't misunderstand what they're trying to communicate to me. Now that's for my benefit. For the person who's talking for their benefit, have you ever had a situation, if you guys are listening, and and you too, Claire, where as you're talking, the words start to drop into place and you start to get clarity, like the processing's happening, and as it makes its way from your brain out your mouth, there's a bit more clarity as you're saying it? Because when I think things, they tend to be kind of cloudy. 
I'm thinking about a lot of different things. I'm jumping from topic to topic. When I'm speaking, it actually like there's a smaller portal as it's coming out of my mouth. And so there's a bit more clarity there. So I think that's a really generous thing to allow that person a little bit of time and space to get clear on what they're thinking. So again, what I have found is that if I'm listening and I'm trying to respond to that person, so more critical, then what I'm doing is I'm guessing. And I don't want to guess that much. I mean, I don't, because what I have learned to your earlier point, Claire, if it looks like sometimes it can be with some ease that I listen or or have a conversation, it's because I've gotten it wrong a lot. I have uh, guessed at what I thought the person was going to finish saying and then responded in kind, and it was not correct. Like we weren't on the same page. It created more confusion. And I just feel like I had so many of those data points where it was like, that's not working. Maybe it's time to try something else. So what it does is it just takes the pressure off. I'm going to ask you some questions. Just give it a little bit of space for this person to kind of figure it out so I can listen so that we can both have a moment and that we're both on the same page, at least with some understanding. So if especially if you're a teacher or you are a trainer or a parent or any kind of leader, Like most often people do speak to us, or at least in a certain percentage, they want some answers back or some suggestions. Let's just lay the baseline right here. We can talk to people and provide a perspective for sure. But when they can uncover it, just like when we go about our week and we then we reflect on it later, like, oh, this is how it looked to me this week. Like we discovered it. So again, when we're talking about concepts in general, general listener here, and you're hearing something that sounds kind of familiar, but if it sticks with you and all of a sudden during the week, you're like, oh, there it is. Like, it didn't matter what we said. It's you came to that thought process because you were figuring it out as you go. And because we interact with other people so much, we can have all those little interactions where people figure things out without us having to go in and just kind of get our fingers all over it. So part of it and what Our share of that can be as an active listener is to just create some open space when you're asking questions, when you're talking to somebody, avoid the yes, no's, avoid the shoulds or the shouldn'ts, and just give them some room to get some clarity as they talk about what's happening with them. How does that sound? Yeah, that's a big one for sure. And in teaching experience and parenting, like you said, if you ask a yes, no question, you're going to get a yes, no answer. And then Okay. What's my next question? So, I mean, you can, if thinking on the spot and we think much faster than we're able to talk. So Mm. I think we also need to understand that, that even if we're, Oh no, what am I going to say? Just know that you, you, in your head, wheels are moving really quickly. So, but something that you can do is have a couple of things ready to say. Can you tell me a bit more? Just have that in your brain as something to throw out there in the conversation. What did you think about that? right? Just to get more clear. And I feel like the more that you practice that, again, the easier that it will become. Um, So those are two big ones there. Being fully present, asking open-ended questions. Now I'll move to, uh, I don't want to say smaller, a bit more of a specific technique, but something that we might want to avoid would be if you like to um, put what you heard into your own words. And so what we'll say to try instead is to repeat or reflect what you've heard. So when someone's talking, you want to know, you want them to know that you heard them. 
And you want to be able to show them that you've captured what they're saying, their ideas and their emotions accurately, right? You want to show that you're on the same page because mom, you were saying before, you can guess, but then you can be wrong. And a person can really feel validated and understood. And you're going to reduce the miscommunications if you're reflecting what you're here. So if someone says they're frustrated, you can say, I hear that you say that you're frustrated. I'm hearing you're frustrated about this. You're summarizing what they just said, naming their emotion. And in doing that, it helps to validate them. You can even repeat back the last few words that someone said. And that seems something very simple to do. It might seem almost too simple. I'm going to repeat what they said. They're going to think I'm just parroting them. But actually, this the research shows that people do really feel heard when you repeat back what they said. Hmm. And and another thing that research has shown, you know, we like to dig into the studies. Multiple studies have shown this, including one in 2015, that when you try to rearrange, reword, and paraphrase everything that someone is saying, first of all, it's taking your attention away from the rest of what they're saying. You can't listen as a whole when you're trying to at the same time reword what they're saying. But also it turns out that the person that's speaking doesn't really get a lot out of that either. Because again, there's room for error there if you're rewording it. And what we know, just baseline psychology, they're going to feel more heard if you repeat back what they said. So Mm -hmm. this one is interesting and it's specific. But if you're looking for a tip for active listening, just repeat back something you heard they say. Just validate. I, I heard you said you're frustrated with that. I heard you said you're worried about this. That's all you need to do. But they're showing that you're listening. You're giving them that support and then they can feel heard. Hmm. What do we think? <laughs> I think that that's brilliant because I have been, uh, I really have been guilty. I don't even know if I like that phrasing, but I would try to jumble the words up a little bit to let them know that I had processed it and creatively can, <laughs> yes. you know, say, but it's like non, it's not necessary. So when I, when we speak to, you know, women who overthink <laughs> there, that showed up right there for me, that that was uh, an unnecessary side journey that uh, data shows reduce the amount of understanding. And I'm like, okay, well, that's all I need to let that go. And it makes it easier for me to just be able to say it back. Like, let's just stay on the same page without making it all flowery. Just get right to it. I, I appreciate an economy of words and it applies here directly. So that's awesome stuff. And a good reminder to not work so hard, just stay in the moment. And that can just mean saying exactly what the person said back. Uh, Cause sometimes I need to hear it twice. Like I said that mm-hmm. like it's a confirmation, mm-hmm. like, okay, okay. So it serves a whole bunch of functions. So I've liked this, um, avoid this. You might want to try this type of formatting that we're doing. I hope that's landing for you so you get the compare and contrast right there. Uh, we have one more, and that is avoid rehearsing your response while the other person is talking. And and we've alluded to that with the, I'm thinking of what I'm going to say when it comes back, or I've got a, 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 a pat answer to, to either assuage their fears or do whatever, something like enough of that. That feels rehearsed. It doesn't feel in the moment. It feels distracted and we're missing the thing that's sitting right in front of us. So again, I'm going to avoid rehearsing my response, but here's what we're missing. And it's called, we'll call it pregnant pause. We've, we've referred to it as holding space or just giving the situation to an earlier point as well, some oxygen, just give it some time, sit there and be quiet, let everything land. I don't know about you, but sometimes there'll be a great thought that somebody said, and it takes me a couple seconds to have it like, oh, that's what you meant. 
And, and we're moving so fast. And Claire, to your earlier point, we think so much faster than we speak. Well, that even pertains to I'll hear something and then my thought process is going really fast. Just give it a moment to let the play slow down. So, and that is a skill that can be learned. But my guess is you all have that inherently in you the ability to do the pregnant pause or hold space. I want to give you a couple of details on the hold space that I hope makes it easier for you, or at least provides context. When we talk about holding space or creating something where you're not answering back, it just you can have empathetic, a great body language, you can hold appropriate eye contact, but you're, you're not just gone. You didn't check out. You're in the moment with the person with empathy. So you're hearing what they're saying, you're letting it land. And let's just make sure that we're all on the same page with what empathy is. And I like this definition from uh, emotion researchers. So I like that whole category. So that's only one of the few things they do is look at emotions and, and how to define them in a way that is usable. It says the ability to sense other people's emotions. So it's a guess, an educated guess, but it's a guess. And coupled with the ability to imagine what someone else might be thinking or feeling. So we're going to walk next to them. We're not saying we have exact, you know, hardcore data that that's exactly what they're thinking or feeling, but we're sharing the human experience with them. Now, I don't know if that sounds too granola crunching for you, you know, because there's sometimes there's some of that language that when you when I put it like that, I'm like, eh, I don't know why, but I have resistance against that. But when I when I see it in practice, it's exactly it. It's like I'm there. I'm open. I'm listening to what you're saying. I've got an idea. Like I'm kind of like I'm with you. Like, I'm not in your shoes, but I'm, I'm with you. And I've got an idea because I've been in that as well. And that means that the other person gets that sense of seeing, being seen, being heard. Again, the last few years have been rough. So being seen and heard might even be more important than it ever has been. And if you tell me that if I'm quiet and I can help somebody feel more seen and heard, that sounds counterintuitive. And yet it's not because we've got all this stuff in ourselves and when we can figure out, you know, have the necessary support, but draw conclusions and perspectives and, and have a way that is so personal, how it lands for us, then that's the stuff that creates change. Mm. You know, Claire and I will bring up topics and so we'll talk about them. But again, we're going to go live them to see actually how they look. And when we experience what it is, then we're like, oh, there it is. And I wonder, like, maybe that's part of it, Claire, is I'm either through the course of doing this podcast. And having all these great topics top of mind, there's all this refinement happening because mm -hmm. I get to live and be aware and keep something top of mind. And it's, it's like a, a great science experiment slash game. And that's how I'm looking at it. It's so fun. I'm like, I did not know that, or that's incredible, or I can make life easier that way. Or do you, one of your earlier points from before, you're like, if your life is 2% better, you're a little happier, you're a little bit more peaceful. Like, that's it. I think that's the magic sauce of why we connect. And we've got four tips here on how to be more active listening. And hopefully, whether it's um, really avoiding some distractions, you've got the open-ended questions, you're going to paraphrase, you can paraphrase what the other person said, and you're going to avoid rehearsing your response, provide a little holding space. Like, what does it look like? Like, what does it look like in an actual conversation? So yeah, how does that look in a real conversation? And that's something that we are going to jump into next week. So next week's episode will be our reflections on active listening. So what can you do in this next week 
you can try out all these tips that we just summarized. And also just know that when we're reflecting on it next week, that's your chance to reflect on it too. That's your chance. Because again, the more we're looking at these things, we're refining it, we're noticing it in our own life to get to know ourselves just a little bit better and to make our lives just a little bit easier. So until next time, Rebels.